I've had plenty of conversations with students who don't feel safe within the church walls because just the way that we, you know, treat those who are, are different or those who do not ascribe to our, our interpretation of scripture. The gospel is a call to enhancing people's human dignity, as you said. Welcome back to Advent Next, a theological podcast curated for curious faith discussions. This week is part two of my talk with Pastor Danielle Pilgrim, and we continue on a journey of her chaplaincy here at Andrews University and her pastoral leadership at New Life Church. So what are college students really dealing with when it comes to a crisis of faith? We talk about a few subjects and topics that a growing number of college students are curious about and issues that might keep people more interested in their faith. If you're not already following us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, be sure to follow us at Advent Next. You can follow our guest today, Pastor Daniel Pilgrim, at Daniel underscore Pilgrim on Instagram. And you can follow me at Kendra Arsenault with an X. But right now, this is Advent Next. I think what's so interesting is like sometimes our theology and maybe and we can talk about some of your experience with this. Sometimes our theology gives us the green light to practice like injustices towards people. Like it, it, sanc- it sanctions bigotry. It sanctions prejudice. Right. And especially when it comes to women, like there are times when it sanctions prejudice, it sanctions bigotry towards them. Because uh, this, whether if you're a woman and there's this internalized misogyny and sometimes women are the most outspoken against women in leadership in that sense. Uh, and so like, and your experience, like as a, as a, as a chaplain now of, of students and young minds that are developing and as a, a pastor over a church, like, are you, is, is that a concern for the upcoming generation? Like the way that our theology sometimes sanctions bigotry? I, I mean, I'm so grateful for that question uh, because even this semester, that's something that we had to deal with here on this campus um, um, where theology um, fueled um, this unkindness, this bigotry, this hurtful, hateful speech. Um, you know, there was on, on every campus, there's a, a bunch of social media um, that some social media handles that happen. So on uh, here we have, you know, AU Hood, we have uh, AU Exposed, there's several of them. So there's one particular social media page uh, that, you know, ran, ran by students of Andrews and they, they just went off the rail this semester. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they were speaking out against students who they assume to be um, within the LGBTQI community. Uh, so there's this particular student and, you know, on that site, someone said, you know, you know, Andrews University, we are promoting um, um, homosexuality and we are covering, what is the term that they use? Um, sodomy. Um, and, 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 and they went further to say the person's name and to tell oh, wow. that person to stop walking around campus, we don't want to see them in their, you know, effeminate behavior, you know, and just, just wow. hurtful, hateful words. Uh, just even more things came out this semester. And I'm seeing that, you know, people who are 
conservative Christians, but there's nothing wrong with the conservative Christians. I'm just saying it happens more with conservative Christians or very mm -hmm. fundamentalist Christians feel that it's okay because they have an understanding of the Bible that they, it gives them authority to speak to and to treat people who do, who think otherwise. That right there is actually opposite of the gospel. Um, and I'm a bit concerned. Uh, I'm a bit concerned about that because the, 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 at the end of the day, although God wants us to live in a certain way, the Bible and Jesus and God gives us the opportunity to choose, right? God does not force, force us to choose him. He gives us the opportunity. And, and when Christians and, and Christianity is preached in a way where we are forcing people to live a certain way, and if they don't live a certain way, then we come against them. That is not, that's not gospel. That's not Christianity. Um, so I'm very concerned about um, Christians who are, you know, are bigots, you know, and treat people because they have a different lifestyle. Yeah. And, and I wonder how much, because um, like, I, I think students are growing up in such a different culture than like maybe, I mean, even when I grew up in, in my culture, I felt like we were on, we were on the revolution of woke, right? And we continue to progress in I, understanding the dignity of every person's humanity, right? And understanding the nuances of what that looks like and understanding how to be more of a considerate human being. And I wonder like, do you ever counsel students who feel a little bit maybe like, maybe they won't use these words, but like disenchanted with the way that maybe their church would treat people that society is saying we should be treating people with more kindness, but our church still kind of holds to something a little bit more regressive? Yeah, I've had plenty of conversations, plenty of conversations uh, with students who don't feel safe within the church walls because um, you know, just the way that we, you know, treat those who are, are different or those who do not ascribe to our, our interpretation of scripture. Oh, I've spoken to a plethora of students. Um, and I think what we don't realize is that the gospel is a call to enhancing people's human dignity, as you said, right? And when we treat those who think differently or live differently, um, because they do not follow uh, the gospel to the law and to the letter, that we're also dehumanizing them. It, it's the same thing that we're doing. We're using just a different medium, but it's the same thing that we're doing. We're dehumanizing others because they live or think differently. Um, yeah. That's not that's not what Christ is calling us to. Um, and, and it's the it's it's not new because we see that in the Bible where the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they did the same thing, right? And where Jesus had to call them uh, to another level. And so it's it's just a repeated pattern that we have where there's this self-righteousness, where we feel like, well, I have the authority to speak down to you because I am living right. When, mm. who's living, who is good, right? As, as you right. said, there's none that's good, right? So right. it's just repeated, it's a cycle that repeats uh, throughout history. Right, right, right. And, and uh, in your experience, like doing college campus ministries, like how has the pandemic shifted uh, the way worship is done? Like are, are students still feeling like, I know I feel less engaged and I'm, and I'm, and I'm more of an active person in ministry. I'm wondering what the climate is for, for students uh, as we kind of, you know, maybe kick back up into something more in person, but what has been like that period for you? 
Sure, yeah, this um, pandemic period was very interesting and um, I can't wait for it to end. Um, but we did notice, um, you know, a, a lack of engagement uh, from um, a lot of the population of students. Um, there are those students who will be involved no matter what, right? Those, those are your um, very dedicated, very committed um, students. Um, but then there, there are those who were on the fringes and then with COVID and you have like a legitimate uh, excuse for not attending church. Um, right. You know, we saw like uh, a, a decrease in programming, uh, in participation, in faith engagement, right? And so our goal was, well, man, we want to make sure that these st students are still ministered to um, and they still feel a desire and a passion for God. Um, one of the things we also realized is that there is a strong correlation with someone's emotional and mental health with their spiritual health, right? So, and, and one of the things that happened in this pandemic is we saw that a lot of students were dealing with isolation. They were dealing with loneliness. And although we are in a social media heavy communication world, this generation statistics shows is the most loneliest um, uh, generation. They are experiencing all of these, um, you know, negative emotions. Um, this, the, the pandemic, there was an increase on uh, suicide ideation and all these different things. So there's a, a direct correlation with emotion, mental health and spirituality. Um, and so we had to kind of create a more holistic package where uh, we not only want you to, to be in a relationship with God, but we want you to be in a relationship with yourself where you love yourself and you have community. So creating a lot of programming that dealt with creating community, that was a, a large part of my portfolio. Um, and just bringing people together and helping people know that they're loved. Um, that was a, a large part of our portfolio this semester because um, the pandemic really affected people's spiritual lives. And you know, church is a big part of many people's walk with God. And when you have that medium almost taken away, then how do we then create a space where people feel like they are a part of a community and that we can enhance their well-being, their mental well-being? So uh, those are the things that we're we've dealt with and are continuing to you know, seek ways to build community, help students develop a stronger sense of resiliency and mental health state. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I myself have come to realize like human interaction is like a necessity, not something to opt out of, right? And it is something that churches can offer. And I think there was a time where we're feeling like, well, what's, what's the relevancy? How are we, you know, if church is performative, you know, then it's kind of like, we're competing against other forms of entertainment and who do it better, who have bigger budgets. Uh, but if it's about community and human interaction and providing for your, your own health, then we are providing something really tangible and needed um, for the community. Um, as, as you're kind of growing as a pastor, um, like what are some of the areas that you feel like that you are learning about in your pastoral methodologies, uh, the ways that, you know, you're, you're helping to counsel or, uh, the ways that you're just feeling like, like, I feel like this is the, a better way to approach this issue. Uh, what are some of the biggest areas that you feel like you're growing in and what is something that you've learned, uh, in this journey so far that you'd be like, okay, I would want to pass this over to other people entering into leadership and ministry. Yeah, uh, those are really good questions. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned 
and which I am more able to do on this campus, what I will encourage other pastors to do is that sermons are great, but sermons aren't, isn't the only medium and isn't necessarily the best medium to really help people grow in their walk with God and grow in their uh, walk with uh, maturing uh, mentally, emotionally, and holistically, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things that we, uh, we've done this year is that in the Sabbath hour, in the you know, worship experience, that to share the message that we had for the day, that sermonizing was good, but there were other ways to bring around that message that were as effective or even more effective, right? So we had panel discussions, we had interviews, we had test people share their experiences. And what we realized after we did our surveys that people felt like the different mediums that we used really, um, they were able to relate to it and they were able to see themselves in other people rather than someone preaching to them and telling them what they should do. Uh, these other mediums were more helpful for them. And so for me, um, realizing that the Sabbath church experience does not have to be the same. Like, <laughs> you know, we've been doing this for eons, but we can change it. It's, it's not a, a law, right? Um, especially when you're dealing with young people, the Generation Z um, and even millennials that we're craving for community, we're craving for authenticity, and that there are different ways to share a message that people can really relate to and find it to be effective to their lives. So for me, it was realizing that um, there are different ways to share messages and uh, especially <coughs> on a campus, sorry, that students uh, felt like they can see themselves uh, when other people were sharing their experiences and their journeys and they felt like, wow, um, they felt encouraged. They felt like they were given tools, right? As well of how to you know, overcome in areas of their lives where they were struggling. Um, another thing too, is just talking about really relevant um, topics like trauma. That's a, an area we talked about a lot, especially within the pandemic, because you know, people are going through so many things. And so you know, just touching those really important areas, trauma and suicide and um, you know, relationships, you know, talking about relevant things, even as it pertains to you know, politics. Um, all these things affect our lives. And so instead of just talking about or highlighting things as pertains to last day theology, that all of these things are relevant to our lives and we need to talk about them rather than you know, talking about them on one-on-one. Like these conversations are, are important. Um, so that was important for me um, to realize that there are different mediums in ways to reach people and making sure that we address relevant topics. Um, and you can address those topics biblically. Um, it's, 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 very, um, it's very doable. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think your second question was um, about how about, about me growing as a pastor and um, I guess, what am I learning? Um, I think that one of the things that I'm being reminded of is that you know, in our culture, in our broader culture, outside of the Adventist culture, we have like a Western philosophy of life where it's very um, individualistic. And that has kind of crept into our, our Christian, Christian experience where, 
you know, we feel like, you know, I can be a Christian and I don't have to go to church or I can be a Christian and it, I can be isolated. But the truth is, I, I, you know, as I studied the Bible, as I learned more, Christianity is not an individualistic experience. Like you cannot grow and be a Christian um, on your own, that it takes community. And, um, you know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four are to God and the, the last six are to others, right? It, it's, a, it's a communal uh, religion. And um, realizing that as it pertains to our church, that people are hungering and searching for community. People are hungering and searching for, for someone to affirm that they matter, that they exist. And as I lead as a pastor, my job and as a chaplain is to affirm people that they matter, that they exist. And that happens within community. So yeah. the church services, whatever we do here on campus, it's done in a community fashion where people are affirmed. They are um, feel like they are part of a greater community. And that's that has been... Um, my the way that I lead and I, I hope to pass it on to others um, that it's, it's not an individualistic experience it's a communal experience and we need to affirm that people matter that's 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 the key for me that's the key for me right I, I love that people are getting an experience with you as a pastor because I feel like there are so many churches where people might be dealing with a bit of like like post-traumatic stress of some uh, toxic religious exchange that they had in their smaller communities. And I'm wondering, you know, what would you say from what, what you're observing and, and the kind of your day-to-day -day experience, like what's the key to retention and keeping people in community and wanting to desire that when sometimes these spaces aren't always the best spaces or the healthiest spaces, what can we do as uh, spiritual leaders or what can lay members do as participants of that community space to make it a place of retention? Yeah, I, I think the key is like, uh, first, I think it is the pastor's job to communicate and to teach its church to be a safe place, right? That, that's, that's the pastor's job. Second of all, it's the pastor's job and, and also lay members to realize that each person that comes into a sanctuary, each person who doesn't even come into a sanctuary, that, you know, as the Bible says, you, you love others or treat others as you would yourself, that we are all a part of the human fabric. And the, the problem with our lack of retention is that very fact, is that we see people as other when we should see people as we see ourselves. There's no us and them. We have this us and them mentality. The same thing when we, we talk about the community, it's, um, it's us and it's them. No, 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 we are one. We, we are all a part of humanity. And when we start seeing ourselves and others, then we have more empathy. Then we have the ability to really reach others and to retain them because it's not us and them, it's us. Uh, regardless of your, you know, ethnicity, regardless of your uh, um, economic status, like you are, you're, you're me. I am you, right? Um, and I think when we when we really have that perspective, then we're able to uh, retain people. Um, you know, in Atlanta, one of the things that we had a problem with, which is almost every church, is that we would baptize a whole lot of people. And by the end of six months, half of them or more were gone, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
And it was because there was so many cliques and groups within this one church that when these new people came in, they never felt like they belonged. They felt like um, they weren't felt, they didn't feel acknowledged even, right? And it's because it's this us and them. Uh, and we don't realize that we have a responsibility to build up the kingdom of God. We have a responsibility to, to each other, right? And when we realize that I have a responsibility to each other, it doesn't mean I have to be best friends with everyone, but it means that I see myself in the other. I see myself in you because we are part of humanity. Um, and I think that's the problem. I think that's why bigotry happens as well, because there's this us and them, yeah. you know? But if you see yourself in, in the other, there's no way that even if a person is, is a part of the LGBTQI community that I will treat you because treat you differently because you have a different lifestyle. There's no way I can do that. There's just mm -hmm. no way. And the whole role of Jesus uh, on earth was to affirm humanity, to affirm people, to affirm the disenfranchised, to affirm the marginalized. That was his whole job. And that's our job to affirm those you know, the lost, those are in prison, you know, that's, that's the job of a Christian. And if wow. we're not doing that, we're not a Christian. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm curious, you know, as, as kind of where we're wrapping up here and I'm so grateful for your time, you know, what's, what can I expect our next podcast to be? I know you're studying your PhD right now. Uh, what, what's, what's your areas of study? What's your interest? What can we be expecting from you to be rolling out your next articles on? <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a couple of things I'm working on right now. I'm going a little slower than I expected. But, you know, um, as you know, I'm, I'm doing a PhD in community engagement with an emphasis in public policy. Uh, and I'm doing that because uh, I think that we, um, when we look at communities as a pastor, we always think that when we go to a church, that we are the pastor of the church. Yes, we are the pastor of the church, but we're also a pastor to the community, right? The community is also your church. And wherever a church is, the church is supposed to raise the quality of life of those people in that community. And so I am really passionate about community engagement because I really want to train pastors and, and leaders of how to build communities properly. Not with charity, because charity does not uh, enhance the quality of someone's life. It, it leaves them in the same position that they were. But how do I make this person as resilient as I am? That I, they're not in need of, uh, of community help, right? How do we do that? Um, I'm interested in public policy because that's where some, a lot of the changes happen, right? So that's another passion of mine. But um, right now, an article I'm working on is, uh, you know, critical race theory. We talked about this and the gospel mm -hmm. um, and Christianity and, and showing how they intersect. Right, because you know, uh, a lot of times uh, with these theories, we're like we, we shy away from them. But you know, as I study them even more, I see that these theories out there, these activists, they are doing the job that Christians should be doing. Mm. So that's something I'm working on. <laughs> uh, that's an article I'm working on, and then there are just some other things that I I've been thinking about. Um, you know, <laughs> there's this one I'm working on. Um, you know, we have this phrase about. You know, you ask someone, um, you ask someone about how they're doing and how, and how they see God, and they say, you know, God is good because you know He woke me up this morning, and that phrase always bothers me because I'm like, well, even if you didn't wake up this morning, He still is good, right? And and we have this theology that 
God is good based on what he is doing. Um, and, and there's something, there's something a little wrong with that. So there's, you know, my thing is all about shifting people's perspective. And yeah. so that's, that's my goal is to uh, shift our perspective into more healthier ways of thinking about God and our work in communities. Yeah, I, I can't wait to have you back on. I'm sure we're going to have even more engaging conversations the next time. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to leave the audience with? I always want to give, I guess, the, the last say and just uh, anything that you want to share with us. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would share, which is I think is the calling of my life, is to really affirm people that they matter. And I think it's not the only calling for my life, but it's a calling for all of our lives, um, specifically for Christians that our job is to humanize others. It's to, uh, to lift people up, is to raise the quality of people's lives. And that's what the gospel does. That's what Jesus did for us. And that's what we are to do for others. And so regardless of uh, people's opinions, whether someone is conservative, whether they're liberal, that we still ought to respect and to lift each other up. That's, that's our calling. Uh, we still have to speak truth to power, but we can speak truth to power in love. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I am so glad to be able to have these types of discussions and hopefully broaden our view of what tolerance looks like and talking about our faith and practicing our faith within our communities. Um, next week, I have on Dr. Denny Fortin, and we are discussing ecumenism. And if you're unfamiliar with that term, Tune in next week because it's an exciting dialogue and conversation about something that the church often considers pretty taboo. I also want to give a shout out for those of you who have been writing in and say thank you so much for your feedback. I always love hearing from you. And also, please make sure to send in suggestions for future episodes. Um, if you're not already following us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, be sure to do so at Advent Next. And you can follow me at the handle at Kendra Arsenault with the next. And be sure to follow... Uh, Pastor Danielle Pilgrim and all of her new developments that are going to be coming up at uh, Danielle underscore Pilgrim on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in and I will see you next week.